You're now listening to a Word for Deliverance podcast with Pastor Leonard D. Cochran of A Place of Refuge Noonan. A Place of Refuge Noonan is located in the city of Noonan, Georgia. To stay better connected with us for more exclusive information and updates, download our church app, A Place of Refuge Noonan, or visit our church website at apor-noonan.org. Now, let's join in for today's message. In the book of Galatians, the fourth chapter, and that one verse of scripture being verse 16. Notice again, if you will, let us consider Galatians, the fourth chapter, verse 16. And by the way, somebody you're about to have the same testimony that Deacon Hill had. You're about to pay off some stuff in a way that you wasn't even considering. Amen. I would shout too. I would give him praise too if you knew it. You shouldn't clap if he ain't talking to you. But if he talking to you, you ought to give him a praise. You about to pay off some stuff? Money coming from somewhere? You didn't consider until he told you, consider this place. Consider this source. Amen. We're going to check with y'all in the weeks to come. Okay, we're going to hear them coming. Anybody else got some money in the last seven days to pay off something? Look at that. Come on, raise your hand. Look at that. Lord, have mercy. Come on, let's give them a praise. It's already started. That's in the last seven days. We got to move on, but it's amazing. The folk that need to pay off stuff ain't clapping. Lord, have mercy. I just don't. Mm. Galatians 4, 16, Paul says to the church of Galatia, in Galatians 4 and 16, Paul says, Have I therefore become your enemy because I tell you the truth? Paul says again, Have I therefore Become your enemy. Has our relationship changed? Because I told you the truth. He said, have I therefore, notice that next word, become. Paul, no, he wasn't the enemy, but now have I now become your enemy has things changed notice why because i tell you the truth the truth that paul had told them that caused them if you will to mistreat him as an apostle was the truth and nothing but the truth. And so based upon that, look at your neighbor and tell your neighbor the subject this morning, nothing but the truth. Look at somebody else and tell him or her the subject this morning is nothing but 
You finish it. Tell somebody, when it come to me, what I want is, tell them the subject. Come on, give them a praise. Come on, give them a praise for this morning's subject. Nothing but the truth. Background to Galatians 4 and 16 is important. Because Paul had delivered to the church the truth or the word of God. In delivering to them the truth or the word of God, Paul discerns that he has become like an enemy to many of the saints. The reason being, as Paul laid a sure foundation of the truth in the saints when Paul had went away some of the saints had started keeping bad company oh come on this is how folk change sometimes they they they, they keep the wrong company or they don't watch the company that they keep and so some of the saints were desiring y'all got to really listen to me to go back into Judaism. Paul had taught them the truth that they were justified through faith. And not of works themselves. But through faith in Jesus the Christ. But then because they began to keep bad company. Again some wanted to go back into Judaism. Or thinking that all they had to do was keep the Mosaic law. And when it came to the law, again Paul wanted them to recognize that the true believer is justified again through faith. And this is what makes being a faith walker so important. But again, because they were hanging with people who had gotten into their minds and had convinced them that if they didn't do certain things, that they really were not of God. That they were really not under the covenant of God unless they kept certain feasts and certain days. And, and except they observed certain things, then they were not in the place that they needed to be. Y'all keep up with me. Now in Galatians 4... Paul uses an allegory which is simply a story that has a hidden truth or a hidden meaning within it. What is the allegory of the story that Paul used? Paul took them all the way back to the book of Genesis and he started talking to them about a man by the name of Abraham who was the father of faith. And he began to tell them that Abraham had two sons. Come on, somebody. One by a bondwoman, which was of the flesh, and another one was by the free woman, who was of the spirit. And so Paul began to break down to the saints of God that whenever we try to justify ourselves, we are of the bondwoman. We are going to find ourselves in bondage. Come on, somebody. Anytime you become too self-righteous and you think by your own works you are justified, you then become 
a child of the bond woman and not of the free woman. Watch this now, because under the free woman, we get Isaac. We get the promised child. But under the bond woman of the flesh, we get Abraham trying to help God. We get Abraham trying to do it himself. Oh, God is already rebuking somebody and he's telling you to stop trying to do it yourself. Come on, somebody. And so what happened was that when the bond child was born, that being Ishmael, we normally only think of Ishmael in reference to what's taking place in the Middle East when we look at the wars that are taking place between what many consider to be Ishmael's seed and the seed of Isaac. But God opened up my eyes. God gave me an enlightenment that the story of Ishmael and Isaac is bigger than what's going on overseas. It has a lot to do with the modern church. Because, see, the church is the seed of Isaac. Come on, somebody. Because we are of the promise. What is the promise? That just like God justified Abraham before there ever was a law, God justified him simply because he believed him. He justified him just because he trusted him. And I come to tell you, God will do more for you than you can dream about just because you trust him. He'll work it out for you just because you trust him. He'll bring you out just because you trust him. Can I preach it? He'll pay it off just because you trust him. He'll free you just because. Be seated. And so what took place was that the saints was trying to go back and again justify themselves. But see, there's a problem that you need to understand. Because Ishmael was of the flesh of the bondwoman, you see that the bondwoman, this is so important, began to persecute of the son of the bondwoman, that being Ishmael, he began to persecute Isaac, who was the promised child. Watch this. Now, Abraham himself thought that Ishmael was an heir when he felt like Sarah couldn't give a seed. But remember, Sarah was going to give a seed through a promise. Oh, come on. Come on, somebody. Listen to me. This is important because this is how folk get wrapped up in the stuff that they shouldn't be wrapped up in because they're not a seed of Isaac but of Ishmael. Here's the thing you got to know about Ishmael again. He's always going to persecute Isaac. And so this is the reason these folk come in and they started making trouble in the church. Oh, come on, somebody. You remember when, when the boys was out playing or doing whatever they were doing, Sarah noticed how Ishmael was treating Isaac. Come on. And so Sarah told Abraham, cast out the bondwoman and her son. And see, as it was back then, so it is today. That the seed of the bondwoman is still persecuting the seed of the promise. In other words, those who desire to live only by the law got a problem with us who live by faith. I'm breaking it down. I'm coming at the Hebrew Israelite. I'm coming at this false doctrine that you got to be under the law to be right. But the devil is a lie because through Jesus, he freed us. 
This is a reason when you begin to look again in the scriptures, they were bringing trouble to the church because they wanted to bring the saints back under the law. This is the reason Paul also taught the Roman church. We have to be careful. He said he is not a Jew who is one outwardly, but he is a Jew who is one inwardly. So it really doesn't matter if a person is a natural Jew. If they're not of the promise, then they are lost Jew. Come on. For to be a true Jew is not to be one outwardly or naturally, but it is to be one inwardly. How do I become a Jew inwardly? I receive Jesus as Lord and Savior. Come on. How did Paul know it? Because when you look in the book of Philippians, Paul himself gave his resume. He knew what he was talking about. Paul said he was circumcised on the eighth day of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrew. Paul said as concerning the law of Pharisee. In other words, Paul kept the law. But there was a problem in keeping the law. He didn't know Jesus. I said it was a problem in keeping the law because he didn't know Jesus. And he didn't meet Jesus until the road to Damascus. How did he meet him? Jesus had to knock him off of his horse. So come on. Sometimes God got to knock folks off of their high horse so they'll listen and receive. But remember, Ishmael is always going to persecute Isaac. And so in John the 8th chapter, we have Jesus talking to a group of Jews who are Jews outwardly or naturally. And they are persecuting Jesus. They try to set him up by seeing if he'll keep the law. By getting a woman who no doubt they planned the whole thing. Who was caught in the act of adultery. Now they brought him to Jesus. Oh, come on, you better listen. Described in the Pharisee to see what he would do. Whether he would keep the law or break the law. And so they brought him to Jesus and said, This woman has been caught in the very act of adultery. Now Moses says we should stone her. What say you? And the Bible said for a while Jesus didn't even pay him no mind. He just took his finger and just began to write on the dirt. But they proceeded to ask him, are you going to keep the law? Jesus then replied to them, let he that is without sin cast the first stone. And the Bible said that they begin from the eldest to the least to leave or to put down the stone. Jesus said, has anyone condemned you? She said, no, my Lord. He said, therefore, go and sin no more. Why is this important? Because as children of Isaac or of the promise, because we live under grace, we don't make grace an excuse to sin. See, that's when Paul said, shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God, what? Forbid. But, but see, they was persecuting Jesus because Jesus was setting up or establishing the church. And he finally broke it down to them in John the 8th chapter that you are not of Abraham because what you seek to do is to kill me. 
And Abraham was not a murderer. Come on. Jesus told them plainly, you seek to kill me because I told you the truth. He said, you are not of the father Abraham, but you are of your father, the devil. And so if we are not careful, we can enter back into bondage or into things that God has freed us from. Oh, I know I'm teaching better than some of you listening. And so when we get to Galatians 4 and verse 16, this is what Paul has been teaching them. But because of bad or evil company, they are being pulled back into bondage or thinking again that they're only justified by keeping the law and not faith. Pastor, why is all of that so important? Because anytime you get pulled out of truth back into something that causes you to be in bondage, it says that your mind has been corrupted. Something has happened to your mind, and now rather than receiving the truth, you are going to resist the truth or you're going to fight the truth. Look at your neighbor and say, when it comes to the truth, tell them you should never fight the truth. But what did Paul say to him in Galatians 4, 16? He said, have I now become your enemy? Listen, because I tell you the truth. Now, I took some time to reveal that truth that Paul had established, that they were walking in, they had been made free. According to John 8, also, Jesus said, whom the Son make free is free indeed. They were free through Christ. Come on, somebody, through the promise of faith. But now, because of evil or bad company, they're now fighting the truth or resisting the truth. Are, are, are y'all with me? And that's not good. It is not good to fight or to resist the truth. Now, notice that again, in Galatians 4 and 16, notice what Paul said. Have I therefore become your enemy because I tell you the truth? And so I want to give you three things that it means when somebody is telling you the truth. Now let's teach some. Three things of what it means when somebody is telling you the truth. Number one, it suggests that someone is telling you what's right. When somebody is telling you the truth, they are simply telling you what's right. Which means that God can use whomever he will to tell us what's right. Come on. Can we keep it general for a moment? That means your supervisor can tell you what's right. Come on. I said your supervisor, the one that you don't like, he or she can still tell you what's right. Don't ever get to the point to where you think nobody but certain people can tell you what's right. Oh, I'm going to break it down. This means somebody younger than you can tell you what's right. And again, listen to me. 
And you don't want to treat somebody as an enemy who is actually a friend just because they're telling you what's right. Now listen to me. You'll be surprised how many people have fell out with each other. And it's only because somebody told somebody the truth. It's quiet in the house. I never forget years ago, a person came into my office and told me. They kind of let it slip. He said, Pastor, you know what? I, I've been mad at you for some time now. I said, it threw me, it threw me at first. I, I said, huh? Because I'm thinking everything is good. Uh-oh. See, listen, we don't know it all. The other thing God keep hid from us. And I didn't know the person had a problem with me. They said, yeah, I've been having a problem with you for a long time. And I said, I said, I, I, I didn't know that. They said, yeah, Pastor. Matter of fact, it's been almost two and a half years. And so the first thing I thought was, how have you been coming to church receiving and having a problem with me for two and a half years? I'm already teaching. That's too long to hold something. I said, that's too long to hold something. But then the person said this, but pastor, you know, I realized that what you told me was right. And what you told me was for my good. This person was in leadership, but it took them over two years to realize that what I told them was right. But see, when you don't get stuff out of you, it has a way of remanifesting. Then it happened again. But this time the person simply left. Because they didn't like being told the truth of what's right. Why the long example, Pastor? Because there are still some of us that don't like being told the truth of what's right. It's quiet in the house. Number two, when you're telling the truth, remember Paul was telling them what's right, but I also talked about it from a general standpoint. Number two, it's telling or giving someone the word. The word. Which means that folk hating on you Having a problem with you, forgiving them the word is bigger than sinners. Because most of the people who get upset with you when you give them the word is church people. It's people who are supposed to live, watch this, by the word that you've given them. See, it ain't nothing like somebody knowing that they are to live by something, but they're not doing it, and then you give them a word that corrects their behavior, corrects their speech, corrects their thinking. See, you can become somebody's enemy in the church, listen, for giving them the word. 
for giving them the word. I wonder you ever had anybody get up and say, well, they say, well, I know the Bible. You ain't got to preach to me. Well, obviously we do. Come on. How many have ever had somebody tell them something, tell you something similar? You ain't got to preach to them. You ain't got to get them no Bible or they know the Bible. Anybody ever raise your hand if you ever had somebody tell you something similar? But see, this is what I say. But what that's got to do with you being wrong and needing the word. Finally, to tell the truth is to speak on God's behalf. When you're telling the truth, you're speaking on God's behalf. Why is this message relevant? Why is this message important? Because sadly, in our day and time, people are easily offended at the truth. There is an assault on the truth. And I'm going to prove it to you biblically. That you can tell somebody what's right. You can tell somebody the word. You can speak on God's behalf. And a person will hate you enough to desire to hurt you. Come on. Remember I said we live in a day and time now. One thing that's wrong with America is that we are so soft now. That even when you tell folk the truth, they get offended. People are offended right now when you say to certain folk that a man can't get pregnant. You offend somebody. I say you offend them. But did you tell them what's right? Yeah, God didn't create a man to get pregnant. A man was not given that womb to hold a child. His organs don't shift when a baby is in there because God knows that it needs to make room for a baby. He wasn't born with what he needs so the baby can come through what it is meant to come through. I'm talking right, but we live in a time where just simply saying what's right will offend people. And some of you are soft because you won't tell folk what's right in your family because you're too afraid to offend them. If a woman says that she now identifies as a man, so treat me as a man. Now, if you look at the woman who is clearly a female, and you say, no, I'm not going to recognize you as a male because you are clearly female, you just offended. Listen, in a major way. I said in a major way. To the point where some will be ready to throw blows. Watch this. We live in a time where some are now looking to get you fired. To close down your business. What did you do wrong? You told them the truth. For man says that he identifies as a woman. But he's clearly a man. 
telling him what's right offends him. See, preaching like this offends some of y'all. You hate them going down here. Caitlyn Jenner, or uh, the man, Bruce, was born a man. Transformed himself into a woman. And in a law-breaking nation, he identified as a woman. And within one year, one woman of the year, it was not a woman. But he didn't want to be told the truth. See, some of you think you got good relationship with certain folk. You don't. It's just that they know you are too scared to tell them the truth. And you're supposed to be a minister, but you won't tell your granddaughter the truth. Or your grandson. Or your mama. Or your brother. Or your sister. Now a person say, well, I identify... As a cat. Y'all laugh, but this is how sick the nation is. Now I gotta treat you like a cat. And if I don't identify or confirm that you a cat, I have offended you. But tell your name, you can meow all day. But it don't make you a cat. You better shout at somebody, show you right. Barking don't make you a dog. Why am I preaching it in the church? Because pastors are scared to preach it. They're losing members for preaching it. But see, what America didn't see is that it was going to come back and bite them. Because when you tell me that I must by law Consider a person, whoever they want to be or whoever they identify with. See, for years when you claimed to be disabled, you had to prove it. You had to prove disability. You had to prove why you couldn't work. But see, now America finna get bit. Because now you got folk who want to identify as disabled. And they won't benefit from the government, though they're fully capable of working. But if you didn't make the woman prove she was a woman, and the man prove, then don't make me prove. And what am I teaching her? Is that any time we get away from the truth, we get in trouble. When they broke it down and said a woman can marry a woman, and that's all right. A man can marry a man, that's all right. You threw morals out the window. Now here comes a man who wants two wives. See, it's too hard for some of us. Pastor, what do you do if you have a child like that? Don't pretend. Don't tell them what's wrong just to be friends. 
I want you to always be able to come to mama so mama going to always tell you what you want to hear. You don't love that child. Come on. Now, am I telling you every day try to hammer people? No. But we should tell people the truth. I'm finna move on. Because no doubt everybody in here got somebody in their family that identifies as something they're not. That's just the time we're living in right now. Everybody got somebody. Not you, Pat. Yeah, yeah, right. Got several. But one thing they know about me, I don't play. I don't play that. No way my daughter going to bring another woman and sit at my table and pretend that this is their partner. You going to take partner yonder. Because it ain't welcome here. And let me drop this one on you. I don't attend gay weddings because I don't agree with it. And the nerve of you to get caught sitting at one. Putting your blessings on something that ain't right. What I look like marrying two women and I teach that is wrong. <laughs> Woo! See, this is America. This is the corrupt nation that we live in. Understand this. Sometimes the truth hurts. It cuts. It pricks. See, Mr. Person prayed about it this morning. Lord, send us a word that pricks. You know what the word prick mean? That means to take something and put a hole in somebody. Tell your neighbor, if I prick you right now, it's going to hurt. Tell somebody, if I take out a knife and cut you right now, Tell them it's going to hurt. Ain't too many of us going to get cut and be laughing. So see, sometimes we saying things and we really don't know the price. You got to pay for telling somebody what's right or speaking on God's behalf that which cuts. Part of being immature is that when the truth hurts, cuts or pricks, we stay mad a long time. Y'all still listening? See, that's immaturity. You know a person told you what was right. You got mad in that moment. And you've been mad ever since. But see, it's been months. It's been years. You immature. Because you knew what they told you was right. Yet you are still 
man. But see, when you start to mature, you get told what's right. You get told the word. It hurts. It upsets you. But you get over it quickly. Listen, and you do what's right. Tell you, that's when you know that you're starting to mature. Tell you, you ain't there, but you have started the process. Tell your neighbor by limiting how long you say angry. Woo, I'm working with some folk right now. I'm work, God is working with some people. How many God had to, had to help you to stop being mad when you knew somebody had told you the truth? God ever had to tell somebody, no, you get up right now, you go in there and you start talking. You go in there right now and you apologize. You get your attitude together right now. You go do something good for them and stop being mad because they told you what was right. See, I said you start into mature. If you leave here every Sunday and you always finding something to be mad at me about until the following Sunday. You got to grow up. See, see, listen, this is the reason. I'll tell you, because when it comes to the truth, eventually it'll step on everybody's toe. Come on. How many know that's right? It'll step on the preacher's toe. It steps on the deacon's toe. It steps on the ministers, the leaders. speaking to her. Why? Oh, it's a long story. I got time. No, it's complicated. It ain't complicated. They told you the truth and you got mad at them. There are grown children in here still mad at their parents because they told them My children used to always try to drop back at us about what we didn't do. Me and Don just started hitting them with the truth. Well, y'all do better. You do better. But with that being said, right now, you are not doing better. It's amazing how old the children will hold things against their parents, but then you look at how they're parenting. you doing worse, and you had a bad example of what not to do. But when we become mature, the truth hurts. It cuts and it pricks. But because you are mature, you know that it is, listen carefully, a good hurt. I say it's a good hurt. You know what the psalmist said in Psalm, I believe it's 11971. He said it was good for me that I was afflicted. See, sometimes we get cut, saints, but that's a good cut. That's a good hurt because it's going to produce a better you. Come on, I'm talking to somebody. But when you just want to get mad and don't change, you receive the truth 
in vain. Let's go over some scriptures. I'm, I'm almost done. Let's go over some scriptures. Notice John 6. This is a good word because some of us, we too old to keep getting mad over the truth. And then have an attitude with a person you turn to John 6 and then try to act like we don't. You know you mad? Stop playing. You guys are Are you mad at what I said? Oh, you didn't bother me. I let it go in one ear and out there. You lying. You've been thinking about that ever since they said it to you. Come on. There are men, married men, that know they ain't doing what's right. And when they wife tell them what's right, the man gets mad. Brother, when you going to grow up? You know you ain't right all the time. Me and God, I, I got two brothers that said amen. There are men in here, your wife, you know wife. There are certain wives. When you go to tell that man that he wrong, you walk in on eggshells. Because you just don't know how this is going to affect him. It's sad when a woman got to go to a man and say, baby, you, you don't start crying, but you, you, you know you wrong yesterday. Now, I want you doing all that crying now. You know. And then men look at me like, I didn't cry. Yeah, but you're doing all that power. <laughs> Same thing. One thing Donna would tell you about me, I come in quick. It ain't going to take all day. Give me one good point, and I'm, I'm in. I'm in. You're right. Oh, no, you're going to listen. I said, you're right. <laughs> well, we're going to talk about this. Go out, I mean, you're right. Go ahead. We can drill it. Because you have people. Woo! When you're wrong, they want to drill it. No, we can't talk about this riding. We got to stop, pull over. We got to, we got to be able to see each other's eyes. But when they wrong, say it and move on. Had your peace. See, that's wrong. Because sometimes God determines how long we're going to sit here. And sometimes your past actions determine how long the talk needs to be. Because this is your third and fifth time. Of buying things we don't need when the money is tight. See, you spent $80 on that and you don't even use that. Look at John 6. Ooh. This word is cutting. It's cutting. Now, I could go the same way, but, I'm, but, but I need to hear up because I need to show you these things. John 6 and verse 60. Therefore, many of his disciples, when they heard this, said, John 6 and 60. Therefore, many of his disciples, when they heard this, said, this is a hard saying. Who can understand it? When Jesus knew in himself that the disciples complained about this, he said to them, does this offend you? Look at verse 66. From that time, many of his disciples went back and walked with him no more. 
Tell you, neighbor, when some folk get the truth, the only thing they can concentrate on is that it was hard. You know how many times folk tell me, Pastor, seem like you hard on women. But see, you don't say that when I'm hard on men. Whatever I said in reference to a woman hits you. That's the reason you feel it was hard. Because when God ain't talking to you, it ain't no need to get upset. Or take it as he's talking to you. How many times do we get the truth and we feel like somebody being too hard on us? They were so cut by the truth and felt like Jesus was being hard on them that the Bible say they left and walked no more with him. They severed the relationship with Jesus because they felt he was too hard. Look at Acts 7. Just like this morning, there are some of you, you ain't going to admit it, but you think the words, some things I've been saying, you think that's too hard. Oh, Lord, I know pastor going to, Make folk mad. He, he, he done offended people and did that. And, uh, see, I know, Pastor, that's reason I don't invite my people up here because ain't no telling what he going to say. And see, it's some of your people who need deliverance. Shame on you. Shame on you. Come on. You ought to invite somebody to tell me. I'm going to tell you one thing right now. Pastor's going to talk about the truth. Come on. He ain't going to let nobody limit him on what needs to be said. Look at Acts 7. Mm, this word good to me. I said it's good to me. Now notice what Acts 751 says. This Stephen talking to a group of folk, religious people, church people, in Acts 751. He said, You stiff necked and uncircumcised and hard in ears. You always resist the Holy Spirit, which is the spirit of truth. You always fighting the truth. Look at somebody say, is that your reputation? Are you known for always? Fighting the truth. You always resist the Holy Spirit or spirit of truth. As your fathers did, so do you. Which of the prophets did your fathers not persecute? And they killed those who foretold the coming of the just one, of whom you now have become the betrayers and murderers, who have received the law by the direction of angels and have not kept it. When they heard these things, they were cut to the heart. They gnashed at him with their teeth. Look at verse 58. What happened? And they cast him out of the city and stoned him. And the witness laid down their clothes at the feet of a young man named Saul. Tell your neighbor, these folk got told what was right and killed a man. Tell your neighbor, are you sure? You still want to speak on God's behalf. They took him out the city and stoned him to death. What was his crime? Speaking the truth. Speaking the truth. See, sometimes that's where you don't need to lose sleep over who don't like you. I don't know why they don't like Hey, could be the truth you gave. Woo, 2 Timothy, 2 Timothy. Y'all doing good, 2 Timothy. We almost done, 2 Timothy. Lord have mercy. 2 Timothy. Woo, woo. 
I have relatives that stay mad at me. They hadn't even heard from me. Listen, they just heard something I said. And if I was to see them, they got a problem with something somebody told them I said or I preached. And they already growling before I come. I'm serious. I have been in settings where I preached. And the very ones who were angry at me the most was my relatives. They couldn't stand me. Do you hear me? You know the folk who went at Jesus, those were the kinfolk. That's the reason he said your enemies and your foes. Foes are of your own what? Household. See, sometimes you have people living in the same house, mad at each other, ain't speaking, ain't treating each other right. And it's because somebody done told somebody the truth. Look, if I say, would you rather I lied to you? Second Timothy 3. 2 Timothy 3 and 8. Y'all stay with me. Now, as Janus and Jambres resisted Moses, so do these also resist the truth. Men of corrupt minds disapprove concerning the faith. See, that's what I told you earlier. When you resist the truth, it's because your mind has been corrupted. What has your mind been corrupted by? That which is false. And see, that's really it behooves every one of us to watch who we hang with. Pastor ain't being hard when he say that, I'm looking out for you. Because all it takes is for you to hear what is false and it corrupts your mind. Now it have you looking at people who love you like they hate you. People who trying to help you, you now look at them like they trying to get over on you. What happened? Somebody told you. But if you like me, tell your neighbor, I want my pastor to give me the truth. Look at somebody and say, I want my pastor every Sunday, every Wednesday, in counseling sessions, in the parking lot, to give me the truth and shout at him nothing but what? That's what I want. If I'm in error, I want nothing but the truth. Don't sugarcoat it. Don't lie on me. Don't tell me something to make me feel good. Because your lie going to hurt me, but your truth will help me. I'm trying to mature church for what God want to do in this place. And we got to get to the point, whether it's at the church, the job, or the house. We are not making people enemies just because they tell us the truth. Let's get ready to close. In Psalm 119, let me show you why that is. Ooh, oh, I know this word been messing with some folk. Yes, it is. See, if you got mad earlier, by now you should go on and be over it. You should go on and be over it. Say, man, I love pastor. That pastor going to preach that truth. And as you turn to Psalm 119, understand, there are folks again that say that. There are some of you, you brag on your pastor. Until I say what hit you. You never notice how I'm using an example and somebody think it's somebody else. Oh, they loving you. They, they got the loudest amen it is. You know, some of y'all do that and I catch you doing it. 
And I'll say certain stuff, and you ain't even really hear me. You look at that person like, you better receive that. He talking to you. See, anytime you start doing that, guess what you ain't? You ain't no longer receiving yourself. When you leave, you say, man, pastor told him. He told him today. You all, the next time somebody do that, you all say, he told them or he told us. Don't get in the car. Nobody say, pastor got you today. Then he got us. He got him. Come on. I ain't no fool. I ain't just up here trying to make folk mad. But I got to preach the truth. Psalm 119. I got to tell y'all, they said you turn Psalm 119. I had for some time, this was years ago, would be invited to speak at Celebration of life services, funeral services for relatives. And one time I got so much in the spirit, I got so much hatred that I left the service. And I said, Lord, I don't know why they called me. Because they knew, they know I'm going to tell them the truth. And then they're going to sit there and just hate me like that, even though they know the life that I live. I mean, one time I was so hurt. And I was just like, don't, I don't want to speak it. Don't let them call me. And then God said, you need to read Jeremiah. They threw him in a dungeon. You hear me? And then I had to get up from there crying, complaining, and say, Lord, whatever you want to use me, I'm going to say what you want me to say. I'm not just going to go up in there trying to hurt nobody, but if you give me something to say, if you tell me to talk about hell in this service, I'm going to talk about hell. I'm going to do it. Because I first belong to you and not them. Some folk don't know what it takes to be a real preacher. They don't. They don't. Psalm 119. But if we lovers of truth, tell your neighbor, if we lovers of truth, it come with a benefit. Tell your neighbor, in the close, you got to learn to love the truth, even when it hurt, when it cut, when it prick. Psalm 119 and 163. Watch this, because the word will cut and it will prick. We just proved that, right? Psalm 119 and verse 163. Psalm 119, verse 163. This is what we got to get to. We want nothing but the truth, even when the truth hurts. Psalm 119, 163. The psalmist said, I hate and abhor lying, but I love your law or your truth. Tell your neighbor, hate lying. Now, tell your neighbor, lying is what we need to hate. The truth is what we should love. I'm in the cold, but say it to somebody else again. Say, even when the truth hurt, learn to love it. 
Learn to love it. You telling God promote you, He gonna send truth which may hurt your pride, your feelings, in order to get you where He needs you to be. Final scripture, we done. Just look at verse one sixty five. Look at verse one sixty five, and we done. Notice what the scripture said: Great peace have those who love your law or truth, and nothing causes them to stumble. Now in the Hebrew. The word for peace is shalom. In the Greek, the word for peace is a reign. Great peace have those who love the law or the truth. The root meaning for peace is prosperity. It's not just freedom from war between nation and nation, family and family. It's not just freedom from war or worry in the mind. It is not just tranquility of mind, but peace, the root meaning, is prosperity. Listen, that means when I start loving truth, even when it hate, it hurts, I'm going to prosper. I'm going to have great peace. Why? I have learned to love truth even when it cuts me. Listen, and tell your neighbor, God will prosper you show enough when you start loving the truth, even when it hurt. Let me prove that by quoting the scripture, not going there. Isaiah 3.10. Isaiah said, say to the righteous that it shall be what? Well. And see, shalom is something. That saints and brethren greet each other with. But a lot of people don't realize they try to say shalom to sound deep. But when you tell a brother or sister shalom, you speak in peace upon them or prosperity. You're doing what Isaiah said in Isaiah 3.10. You're saying to the righteous, it's well with you, brother. And see, that's what we ought to tell each other when we see each other. We ought to speak blessings on each other. Every time you see your brother or your sister, you ought to use that as an opportunity to speak a blessing on them. You can't just talk to folk only when something is wrong or when you got a problem. You got to be able to walk around here and speak a blessing and say, peace, my sister. Peace be upon you, my brother. Peace be upon your family. Peace be upon your marriage. Peace be on your business. Do you hear me? But to get to that point, saints, we got to love the truth even when it hurts. Nothing but the truth. Come on, let's give them a praise. I'm done. Nothing but. We pray that you are blessed by today's message. Be sure to listen and share other messages available through our podcast outreach. We thank you for all of your past, present, and future support for our ministry. And remember, Jesus is a refuge.